0: It's that we live in a society that actually does worship God's power, money, beauty, fame, other religions, and our job in the missional task is not just to come in and go, I'm going to start from zero, and it's like, there's a bit of deconstructing what you worship to then replace it with the true worship of the one true God who's found in Jesus. That's part of the task.
1: Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and a special guest. People believe all kinds of things that look at life through those grids. Today, Pastor Daniel talks with pastor and author Mark Clark about how to discuss faith issues with people who are skeptical about Jesus and Christianity. You'll discover that this conversation often starts with an honest look at what they already believe. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Mark Clark with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is
2: For all of you who are listening, I always encourage people that when you share your faith with people, you will always be asked questions that you don't understand. And my favorite answer for that is, hey, that's a great question. And I want to honor your question. Yeah. So let me think about it Mm. and do a little research. Mm -hmm. And then let me get back to you. And what you've done is first, you haven't given someone bad information, you know, which a lot of people don't embrace Jesus because along the way, someone didn't really honor the question or gave them like a a little plaque or didn't know how to answer and said something crazy. But not only have you honored their question, you've also given yourself an opportunity to have a second conversation about it. And then you get to grow. And in a lot of ways for me as a, as a pastor, so many things that I've learned is along the way you get asked the question, and you don't really know that you're like, like I know what the Bible says, but like, that's a very profound question. And I don't know if I have the answer and because I don't want to get stuck, not having good answers. I'm like, well, I better go find that thing out. And then you go and you research it down. You grab Mark's book. You open it up. Like, what, what do I say in this situation? And then you come like, Oh, you know, Hey, I thought about what you were talking about. And Hey, here's the, here's the answer. And they're like, wow, yeah, that's real. I never, no one ever talks about it to me that way. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it, it is always that great opportunity You know, when we do share our faith and when we do get asked questions that are challenging, it gives us an opportunity to learn
0: and grow. Yeah. And and I think even pointing out to people, maybe the flaws in their own worldviews at times and letting people process, I'm actually asking this question to be critical, but I don't even have a worldview that's logical myself. And so having people challenge, like uh, uh, one example would be when I so my family not being Christian, when my grandma passed away, they would say, at least she's not suffering anymore. I mean, that's generally what people say, right? Like you have someone in the hospital, they're dying, you know, they look at me as someone with like, you have faith, you believe in all these things that can't be proven Mark and you're, it's silly. Then, then my grandma dies and she's not suffering anymore. And the question to me is, how do you know that? Like you, you have a faith position that tells you that nanny's not suffering anymore. In fact, she could be suffering more. There's nothing you can't prove. You have a metaphysical belief system about what happens to people in the afterlife, which is nothing. But how do you know it's true and getting people to question their own worldview out of which they're trying to deconstruct or criticize yours is also a helpful thing. And like you said, invites the follow-up conversation. Now, okay. Let's talk
2: about this because you know, you're you're getting into something that I think a lot of uh, people who follow Jesus, and I know that not everyone who who listens or watches this does, but like the idea of apologetics and different kind of approaches to apologetics. So that you know that that word apologetics it doesn't mean that we're giving an apology, like we're sorry for it. It's the way we explain it. And there's that idea that, and it's one of the things that you do masterfully both in your books and also in your preaching ministry, is that you link up both what we can call classical apologetics, which is more of the idea. Idea of this is how we know the Bible is true. This is how we know that Jesus is a real person, right? So that's the idea of like, these are the things that we believe, and these are the truths that we hold because of it. Yeah. But then you also link up what we scholars call presuppositional apologetics, where you're not beginning with, this is what the Bible says, and this is how I know it's true. That's classical apologetics. Yeah. But this is what you believe. And Like the, the hearer's presupposition. And now let me speak to you from where you are and let me show you both where there might be an error in what, in your worldview or your faith assumptions, like you were just talking about. And also here's how Jesus also brings now clarity and structure to your now destabilized worldview. And so it's this idea that not only are we here to tell you this is what the Bible teaches and why we believe it to be true and how it's plausible and rational, and all these things. But this idea of precept, like where we start with what someone else believes. And I think one of the things that Christians don't do well is we we have, we're so used to people attacking our faith, you know, and, and, and questioning it that we never think, well, if that's the way we're going to explore people's worldviews, then the playing field can be level. And as believers, we don't do it in an attacking way, but we do it in a way that is actually saying, listen, okay, so we're going to put my, like Jesus said, the measure you use will be measured back to you. So let's put your worldview on the same grid of, is it really plausible and how do you know as you're doing to my worldview? And I think it's something that you do massively both in the books and in your preaching ministry. So talk
0: about that. Yeah, thanks. Well, I I think that, it's important because I don't want the motive behind it. Isn't to be like, Hey, look at me. I didn't get stuck in your little trap. Like that's not the motive. The motive is ultimately, do you really want to live your life in a worldview that's contradictory at its core? Then don't believe what you're saying anymore. Like if you're going to put God on trial for evil, but according to your own worldview, you shouldn't even have a category called evil because your worldview doesn't allow it. Then did abandon it. Like, I'm not telling you, you have to, that, that, that instant you become a Christian. I'm just telling you, let the instability of your own logic, at least rock you a bit. You know, I use the word scandal in the, in the subtitle of the book. It's like, there's a scandal to Christianity. And the scandal is, that we, we all get told we're kind of wrong, you know, about God, all of us. We're wrong about salvation. We're, the wrong, we're, we're wrong in trusting in beauty and success and money and fame and sex and to save us and give us meaning and purpose in life. That's wrong. We're lost. We're the younger brother and the prodigal son. We're lost in all these different ways, whether religiously we're lost or from the classic kind of secular ways, we're lost. And that's offensive. There's a scandal to that, and then it's like, can I, you know, can I trust Jesus to make me found, and, and and am I willing to be kind of discombobulated by Him? So I think that's important. The other thing that's important in the world that we live in, Daniel, is uh, I think it was Charles Taylor years ago pointed out, uh, building off something Leslie Newbigin said. He said when we're doing preaching or living missionally in the world, evangelism, whatever. One of the things that we have to understand is we don't so much live in a secular society as much as we live in a pagan society. Meaning we're not just coming in going, hey guys, none of you have gods. And now we're going to present Christianity to you. It's that we live in a society that actually does worship gods. Power, money, beauty, fame, other religions, and our job in the missional task is not just to come in and go, I'm going to start from zero. And it's like, there's a bit of deconstructing what you worship to then replace it with the true worship of the one true God who's found in Jesus. That's part of the task. And that, you know, adding that into the conversation would be important rather than just leaving people where they are. Yeah. It's really powerful. Cause I think we have a tendency to think that,
2: Oh no, they don't believe in God. So they don't believe in anything. And really what you're saying is that every worldview, because, you know, we're, wi- we're wired to find ultimate meaning and worship and things and, you know, in God, but we're wired. But we but when we don't do it, we end up finding ultimate meaning in influence yeah. on TikTok or, you know, like, can I, you know, get this thing done or or whatever. Yeah. Now, now, talk a little bit about this. You know, as somebody, you know, obviously, like I've gotten a chance to to preach at village and and met lots of people there. You know, talk a little bit about the journey that you see for people who have never really followed Jesus, the journey that happens when, you know you're calling into question the worldview. Uh, and then, you know, that journey that people go on from, I walk in and yeah, I'm a skeptic, but I'm going to this church cause there's a cute girl who I met and she goes to this church and I want to hang mm. out with her and, and there's a great, great way to hang out with her or whatever. And, and the journey that, that, that is for people.
0: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So two weeks ago, uh, we baptized 42 people and I got in touch with one of our stats people and just said, how many people have we baptized in the last 11 years? And they said 2000. Now, that to me is crazy because, you know, to come back to your question, what makes a person? So it's not just a bunch of Christians coming from other churches going, oh, look, you know, Mark's hairstyle or something. Definitely not that. You do have a great hairstyle, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's getting, it's going, it's going back more and more. Our foreheads are getting bigger because we're getting smarter. Yeah. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. I don't know whether you're ever going to lose your hair, but. But 2,000 people, what causes 2,000 people, adults, like 40-year-old men, 80-year-old people, 14-year-olds, you know, to come to know Jesus and, and, and go into the waters of baptism, like something special is going on there. And uh, it usually starts with a kind of questioning of exactly what we just said, questioning of their God's. Maybe they've walked away from the, church. maybe they grew up in the church and they walked away from it, or maybe they've never gone. There's a guy we baptized someone. They've never been to a physical location. They came to Christ in an online service and they were getting baptized. Uh, there's another guy sent me an email. He said, his father was a psychic and he was a psychic and he's come to know Jesus kind of coming out of that life and giving his life to, you know, so it looks different for everybody. You know, it's funny the the way people come to Jesus because people constantly, you know, in the missional church movement discussion, for instance, the constant discussion is, you know, you need small, intimate. That's where people come to Jesus. It's like I never would have come to Jesus in that. I need I need an arena where I can sit and think. I'm not if I, if I'm coming into your house, sitting in your living room, bro. I'm probably freaking out if I'm if I'm not a Christian. And there's like seven people looking at me like, let's do this together. I'd be like, yeah. So I think there's both. And there's different personalities that come to know Jesus in different ways. And I think some people get their faith deconstructed at village a bit. You know, it's funny. Everyone's like jokes that uh, a few things they know that their faith got rocked and they know we were in the Bible. But if someone walked up to them at lunch and said, what was that sermon about? They wouldn't even know where to start. Right, they're like I, 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 you know, I basically would fail every preaching class in Bible college today, right? Because I don't have one big idea; I'm all over the map, and so people know they were challenged and changed or whatever, uh, but they're not sure what the one big idea was. And so you hear people they get their faith deconstructed, but then they're also looking for Mark, tell us what to do, like. Give us that thing we can put on our fridge. And I'm not really good at that either. But what they do know is their faith got deconstructed and they gave their life to Jesus. Something profound happened. And then a transformation starts to happen in their life where their marriage starts to get healed or their whatever the practical transformation implication is. Um, And it just looks different for everybody. So the journey is fun to watch them. So good. Now
2: to change gears just a little bit, yeah. I know that you are a husband and you're a girl dad, you know, you, yeah. you, have, you, you have girls. Around. How is that? Cause like you have an older brother. Do you have any other siblings? Nope. Just an older brother. Okay. So like you're, you, you're, you're, bold and brash and, and I always love it when you've been preaching a lot, you know, it sounds like you've been, you know, gargling with nails a little bit. Well, and, I only and then, a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so, but, but talk about how Jesus is using, you know, you like you're in a, you're in a family full of ladies, you know, yeah. and, and I, I kind of like, you know, you, you know, one year, I think it might be your oldest daughter is the same age as my middle daughter. And, they, and, and, and when they hung out, they were like fast friends. And so like, um, you know, yeah. you're, ra- you're raising young ladies, you know, how is that impacting your life? The way that you see Jesus, like, how is yeah. God using this stage of marriage and parenting
0: to, to transform oh, your life. Oh man. That's a whole, that's a whole other world, man. It is. I realize, um, you know, I'm, I'm like an eighties dad, uh, and it doesn't work. <laughs> that's it. You no, know, I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to, you know, I, I got to teach these girls how to survive in the world. So I'm constantly like, come pick up your stuff. Come to Hey, do that. yeah. Yeah. You know, and my wife's like, just chill. Like this freaking military. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I got to teach them. If they're going to have a job and they got to make sure. And that's, what's going through my head. It dawned on me recently. Like, I don't think that's how I'm going to get results out of girls. <laughs> like I, I, I think I could get results like that. If, if I was raising boys, like come get the garbage. It's your job to do the good. That's your job. You know? Because I'm like, you know, I constantly say to my girls when my wife's not around, you know, the world is not going to be nice to you. So I'm trying to toughen you up. And then she's like, yeah, no, that's not really the thing. Like, <laughs> so I, I remember, I'll, I'll give a good example of this. My daughter, my wife was away for two days and we were supposed to go out to a friend's and they were all excited. And there was this one task they were supposed to do and they didn't do it. So I said, Okay. They're all at the door changed coats, ready to go. I said, we're not going anywhere. What do you mean? Till this task is done. It was going to take a long time to do it. Daddy crying, crying, crying. I said, guys, your tears aren't working on me. Like you're, you're wasting time. We'll go, but it's only when you're done this task, cry, cry, cry. And I remember, I guess one of them texted my wife, you know, daddy's basically a gong show. Come save us. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and she texted me back. She said this one line says something like, remember relationship over rule. And I was like, crap. Like I preach that every day. I preach it every Sunday, uh, you know, spirit of law, letter of the law. But that was really profound. Like when you're talking about raising girls, a relationship with those girls is going to be more important than any dogma you can hand down from the mountain to try to make them obedient by habits all the time. So, uh, I'm, I'm learning, man, I'm learning, but they're, they're fun. They teach me a lot. It's all sanctification and we have a lot of fun. I'm more of a artsy. I'm like you, right? So I do a lot of movies as the kids grow up, they're starting to become daddies, like daddy's girls a bit. Cause my wife watches stuff like, I don't know, when calls the heart or whatever this nonsense, you know, whatever. (laughs) And I got the I got the girls like right. like,
2: like the love stories on the planes where, yeah. where, where where the woman lost her husband and then there's like that the strong godly man who who falls in Th- those movies I oh, wait, I know these I know yeah. these I have girls I know these
0: yeah and I got my my oldest two are now like we're watching Dark Knight together downstairs <laughs> so now they're turning into them and kind of turning on mom a bit and like you know they're doing Joker lines to my wife who's horrified and thinks that's like you know terrible. And so my kids are loving it. So uh, they're, they're slowly coming around. So good. Well, you know, I, and I asked the
2: question because like I, I realized like I'm always trying to remind people that the context of our lives is the curriculum for what God wants to do in our lives, yeah. you know? And, and so, and, and knowing you as I do, you know, and and, and I'm always like, man, like for all of my, my friends who are dads of g- just girls, it's like, there's always these great stories of mm-hmm. like, man, like if if I had boys, it would, I'm trying to do like how I'd raise a boy with raising, raising my girls. And it might not be the smartest thing, you know? And so I I wanted to, I wanted to give you the opportunity just to share about that
0: a little bit. I got lots of that. Lots of that.
2: Now tell me this, Mark. So as you look around, you know, we just have a few more minutes, you know, for the podcast here, as you look around what God is doing you know, in this cultural moment, you know, obviously, you know, we're recording this now in you know, the first half of 2021, it's 2020, but it's still just 2021. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, the calendar change and a lot of things haven't changed. And so yeah. for certain people and certain where they live, it, maybe things have changed a lot, but we're in the Northwest. And so it's like, everything's always a little bit, we're future past always, yep. you know, um, and you see what's going on in the world. What is some, maybe a thing or two that you're like, man, I just wish that the people of God would really embrace this in the midst of all of this, other than just Jesus. Obviously, like obviously, yeah. we want people to embrace
0: Jesus that like, fixes everything. But yeah, I posted uh, a little meme that I found and saved the other day, and it was like fifteen straight times of the New Testament says "love one another," and it was all the citations of of those passages. It'd be that'd be kind of cool, you know, if we just if we loved one another versus you know, I think I said like. It doesn't say be cool to one another. It doesn't say deconstruct one another. It doesn't say complain and you know, whatever. It's like love, like what would it look like for us to love well one another though? Like we talk a lot about loving the world and obviously we're supposed to, but there's a piece of it that's like, do we love the church well? Like, you know, or do we beat each other up a little bit? And you know, uh, so that'd be kind of cool to see happen. And for, you know, the church to be about the right things versus some of the things that we've gotten wrong, you know, like the the modern kind of American Canadian version of Christianity that probably needs to die, you know, whether that's, you know, materialism, um, the comfort, the idols of, of the Christian life, right? The family, the comfort, the money, what, what would it look like to have those pride out of our hands so that we can like really hold on to God and treasure him above everything. You know, when, 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 we baptize someone, I say to them in the water, do you take Jesus as your Lord and your savior and your treasure? Because there's lots of people who like will take Jesus as Lord, like, you know, teach me stuff or, or savior, like save me from hell and sin, but to treasure him above everything else in the universe is like the main thing. Um, and so how we could do that well would be, would be good. Yeah. So there's a couple of ideas. So
2: good. So if people want to find you online, where do they find you? And if people want to get a copy of the problem of Jesus, your newest book or the problem hmm. of God, which is your previous book, which is part of that problem of series, yeah, where of can people find Mark Clark and all the problems that he yeah, is addressing. I,
0: I would go, I mean, the book, the easiest thing is just little website called amazon.com. What's uh, that? I've never heard of this before. It's an up and coming, just little, little mom and pop right now, but, uh, they're fighting it out. So let's help them out a bit and, uh, jump over. Yeah. Amazon's probably the easiest you get it in a couple of days, uh, for the problem of Jesus and the problem of God. And then, uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on that. So Mark underscore Clark, people can usually find me there messing around. And those are probably the two big, big ones. I'm on Facebook too. So cool. And you have your own, you have your own podcast as well. Where
2: can people find that?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, probably the better one to follow would be the, uh, the village church sermon one. So it's called village church and sermons in my name. Uh, but then I also have a podcast. So if you just type in my name, the Mark Clark podcast should come up and I I post on there. Probably not enough. I'm not, I'm not as consistent as, as you, as organized as you, but uh, I do put stuff on there. So So good. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being with me. All the best to you and your family, man. You're doing awesome. Dude, you too.
2: And so all of you out there, thanks for joining me, Daniel Fusco, on the Crazy Happy Podcast. We want to encourage you. Listen, share your faith. Sprinkle some happiness around. Gosh, the world needs it, and so do we. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Jesus is real What does it look like to really love one another? Pastor Daniel and Pastor Mark Clark wrapped up today's discussion talking about what this would mean, not just in your interactions with people who don't know Jesus, but also with those within the church. In a world filled with division and strife, real love makes all the difference. You were challenged to consider how to love one another well and to be about the things that Jesus was about. We'll have a preview of
2: next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week, you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh.
1: Next Friday, Pastor Daniel invites John Mark Homer to share his thoughts on how he walks through life as an apprentice to Jesus. They'll talk about how Jesus uses emotions like fear and anxiety to point you toward the areas in your life where God wants to do a work. You'll see that you consistently have opportunities to accept the invitations of God to go deeper and be freer at every step of your life's journey. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.